In this episode on HSG, we are rejoined by friend and fellow game master Mike Coates to talk all about what happens when you get kind of an oddball party makeup. There's some interesting challenges that come with that, and there's some fun solutions to it, so please enjoy. You are listening to High Shelf Gaming. This is a show where we talk about board games and role-playing games and gaming conventions. If this is what you're looking for, please keep listening. You can always find us on our website, Facebook group. We're on Twitter and Twitch and Discord, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to join the community, and we look forward to meeting you. Quick reminder, we are doing a giveaway. I've got a 3D printed monster, a gray render, super interesting creature and kind of hard to come by, honestly. In order to enter into win, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Once we get to 20 reviews, we're going to roll a die and see who wins. Hey everyone, this is David Gillespie, and as always, I am joined by the formidable Rich Wisniewski. Dude, is that because you see me in my Hobbit outfit from Halloween? That's right. Am I formidable with my hairy toes? That's right, you are. And and nigh indestructible. You somehow make it out of every situation I put you in. It that's really right. is frustrating. I'm, I'm a burglar, man. Uh, that's, that's my job. I'm the burglar. Hide in plain sight. <laughs> that's right. So, that's right. I, I stole candy from kids all night. I was like... <laughs> Hello, I'm Hobbit from the Shire. What do you have in that bag there? Whoops! And watch out, there's smog. And I'd run away. Did you take Sting and cut little holes in their bags, and then and then get the candy as it fell out of the bag? Is that how you did that? That is exactly what I did. Yeah, you totally nailed it. Now, when the cop showed up and I had this like real sword, it was a whole different story. But right, yeah, following around little kids is really awkward. Joining us today is our good buddy Mike. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Tonight is DM Corner. DM Corner. Oh, man, I am so pumped for this. We had a great DMs Corner a while back talking about story stuff. We did. And a couple of weeks ago, you said, hey, let's do another one. Because I think you started another D&D game. I sure did. I started a... uh, I had a D&D game last year. And, of course, like, right around summertime, starting up, uh, everybody went on vacation. And then, like, sometimes games do. It petered out, and we just called it. Um, Yeah, dude. But... uh, now that school's I, back in session, I was like, let's get a game together. So I, oh. have a, I have a rule. If a game goes without somebody playing it for more than like a month or two, it's probably done. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think it's easiest just to just to cut the cord and let it go and then start something fresh. And when everybody's available again, and I got to say, like, we're only one session in. We had our first session a couple weeks ago and we got our second session coming up next Monday. And I got to say, it seemed like like everybody that was back into it was super pumped because I was expecting to go into the session as a session zero and everybody roll characters. And I got there and everyone had characters already. <laughs> wow. I was like, that's good. Look, wow. Yeah, man. That's hey, great. Hey, 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 hey. Thanks for the invite, bro. Yeah, hey, no problem. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. <laughs> it's, uh, it's in person, Rich. You want to yeah. fly out here? Yeah, Ohio. You can just set a laptop up in the back of the corner of the table <laughs> and just make me full size on the laptop, and it'll be like I'm there. 
I'll get a Microsoft Surface, one of the massive surfaces, and I'll, I'll yes. just lean that on a chair. It'll be like <laughs> right there. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be like uh, old school uh, sci-fi where there's the guy. It's just a person's face on a display where a chair should be. Yeah. Hold on, please. <laughs> shut up, computer. Computer, shut up. <laughs> Fucking a. Sorry. You need to you need to kick Alexa to the curb there. Yeah, Rich. dude. We've already talked about this. Yeah. I know. How did it happen again? In fact, I think it was last time I was on the show. Yeah. God. <laughs> and, oh, so yeah. So thanks for the invite, because you know I voted for you as the number one voice from our whole last year worth of podcast. That's, I did see that and I was a little flattered. That yeah. that's great. That's a great point. Mike, could you just read like the McDonald's menu to us? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Well, I'll uh, I'll record it and I'll put it up on uh, on the uh, Facebook group. Holy, You're the best. holy, You're the best. holy, holy, Dave! <laughs> let's let's sponsor a channel where he just reads The Hobbit, and oh. and, and and we'll get let's get let's get twenty percent of whatever he makes. Let's <laughs> sign him up under our management company, and we'll get him reading The Hobbit, and everybody will be like. Oh, this is great. They'll put it on when they want to go to bed. They'll put it on when I they're getting the ready Tolkien for sexy Tolkien Foundation time. and New Line might have an issue with that. We'll see. Right, That's right. That's catch us. We, <laughs> we'd have to pay some royalties, which would mean we'd all be broke. Right. Royalties. Yeah. Well, do it in Pig Latin. Uh, that I could not do. That would be horrific. I've, okay. I've <laughs> never been good at Pig Latin. Abed Hay. Arate. Back. Yeah. Stop. No, stop. We're stop. done. <laughs> Eject. Back, back on, eject handle right now. Back on topic. We're talking about. That's why we're not going to talk about The Hobbit. You're talking about oddball parties. When your yes. players come up with weird party combinations, oh. what do you do? And by the way, this is going to be important for me today, too. You know, it is all about me, but this is going to be important today for me because, you know, I got that basic game. I want to kind of get together after the holidays. And so far, like only two people have said yes, which means I might only get three people, which means I'm probably going to end up with a weird party. And okay, if it is probably. only two, that would be a weird party, too. You know, I'm in, you know, I'm in on, on okay. basic game. Well, I'm at three. All right. So that could make for a weird party. I could have a group full of bards. <gasps> okay. Uh, uh, hold on. Well, there's no bards in basic, but go on. I do want to get to a place where we talk about our favorite group concepts. Cause all bards partridge family style is yeah. definitely something I want to see. Dude, definitely I something it. I want to see. I yeah. would love it. Yeah. Okay. So Mike, what's, what's your party makeup? What would what, you end up with? So currently I have a half orc bard, a dragonborn barbarian, <laughs> a halfling with monk, the bees. Okay. and a tiefling sorcerer. So on the face of it, they have all their bases covered, right? They've got, they've got a decent amount of DPS uh, between the sorcerer, monk, and barbarian. And by a decent amount, I mean a lot. And then right. the bard, which can sort of do healing. Sure. No, it's a level one party, so his healing doing, is pretty limited. Are you doing D and D fifth, or are you doing Pathfinder? Fifth, fifth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so the bard, and especially in fifth edition, the bards are pretty powerful, especially later on. Like they get a lot of really, really great stuff. Yeah. Um, Respect. But yeah, at first level, like it's the it's the classic, you know, cantrip heals. So. Right, which but, is like um, one hit point or something like that. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think it's just one hit point, and then yeah, other than that, that's the party buff stuff. Right, um, and I mean, with a barbarian, 
with a barbarian and monk, I mean, you've got a whole lot of tank and spank. Yep. In there, and the monk and sorcerer and bird can probably all do crowd control. Sort of, yeah. Sure. It's the thing is all all of the classes are those classic hybrid classes, right? They're all right. none of them are a sword and board pure tank. None of them are pure DPS. I mean, well, I I would call a barbarian pure DPS, but sure. um, but sure. yeah, I mean it's it's I, fun because I like I like having to uh, deal with trying to balance out the monsters. For right, well, and they don't really have a divine caster of any kind. They have uh, two. Well, they've got the arcane caster with the sorcerer, and then they've got a pseudo arcane with the with, with the, bard. the bard. Yeah. 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 And you know so what's we'll really? See. I think it's important to talk about is, you know, we we I'm pick. I'm going to pick on critical role, and I'm going to pick on some of those other ones that are out there. But they all come to the table with these very well-made parties and they do their adventures and everybody has a role and they have big groups. And yeah. so these young DMs, um, you know, or GMs, whatever lame people want to call them, these young DMs that are watching it and then go, I can't wait to DM. I think I saw something the other day on Reddit where I just watched some of these and I want to DM and blah, blah, blah. And people are giving advice. But the, the the expectation of reality versus the TV show. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and we, we talked about that a little bit last time um, just because the bar gets set so high. If you start comparing your game to critical role or um, any of honestly, any of the geek and sundry role-playing games that are, that are broadcast, they're very high quality game masters have been doing it for a long time and have parties that know the game master. It's not just some guys that you threw together online. It's not right. Um, the random meetup group that you came up with at your, your local comic shop, none of right. whom you've played a tabletop game with before. So yeah, you know, it so can be the, real dangerous. So the, 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 and, and what we're talking about there, when we talk about it being dangerous, it's that the, the expectation that a GM or DM would have, yeah, at one of these high caliber play sets is they know they can throw some tough stuff at these players and they have a, they have a really well dialed in that yeah. I've got a healer. I've got a dedicated healer. I've got one or more clerics on the board. I've right. got one or more arcane casters and, and at least in critical role this time around with season two, almost all of their like fighter frontline folks are hybrid of some kind. They, yeah swing a sword but they also do blood magic or they do something else or you know they've got some other thing augmenting them and that yeah. really shines in that setting but as a newer gm that would be kind of tough to figure out how to balance like i'm going to throw all of these monsters at this party and if my players aren't super on their game uh i could see an accidental tpk coming along yeah now at first level it's always a risk anyway just because they're all kind of fragile but i have noticed when i've been planning out this week's session that i'm looking at i started shying away from some of the stronger cr monsters challenge rating monsters just because they have more mitigation ability ah because they're all kind of glass cannon classes except for the barbarian except for the barbarian who has who, hit points to spare but he can't control someone right 
He can't <clears throat> stop a bad guy from moving on to his sorcerer. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So it is forcing me to think more about what encounters I'm putting together for the party than I'm used to. Like I'm used to, for the most part, every party I've run D&D for has a cleric and a paladin or a fighter. Those two classes alone help mitigate a lot of that thought process because you've got a guy who can just sit there and soak. I'm and very guy surprised. Who can just throw heels like crazy. They didn't throw a cleric in. Did you hear about any other thought process? I mean, someone has sometimes has to say, eh, I'll, be, "I'll be the cleric." Well, they all showed up with characters. Like I, okay, as so far as I know, they didn't even talk to each other about it. <laughs> now, yes. uh, two of the guys, two of the guys had rolled up multiple characters, so they had a choice when they got to the game. But we're what actually bringing in, yeah, we're bringing in a fifth player on this week. And so they were going through on Facebook, running down like what's in the party so far. And he goes like, okay, so paladin or cleric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to get one of those here. To oh, oh, I hope he shows up like as a halfling thief. Or a druid. <laughs> I, I really think that druids and clerics are almost interchangeable. I mean, they yes. don't get the the cool, like, um, depending on the system you're playing, there are some of the cleric niceties that the druid would really yeah. like to have from a healer perspective. But the druid buffs are amazing. Yes. And I, and I think in fifth edition, I agree with you. They're pretty much interchangeable as far as I'm concerned anyway. Yeah. But whenever you get to these, you know, parties that are all hybrid makeups. Yeah. There's a lot more work that yep. the DM has to do. You can't throw your prototypical monsters at them. You have to kind of think, all right, well, these guys don't have a design, a divine caster. So they're not going to benefit from any kind of protection from spells. Right. They're not going to benefit from any kind of uh, buffering one, buffing one another spells unless the sorcerer dedicates spells to that. Right. They're going to be, uh, or, you know. Or, or do you just cheat and say that monster had like a bad day the night before and had some bad pizza? <laughs> and so he doesn't have that, you know, resistance that day. I mean, just, you know, you, you can't just alter the rules. I mean, he could be a genetic, you know, oddity. His mother and father were cousins. And so he doesn't have that. That is or, certainly or the she, GM's prerogative. The yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But you have to do that kind of stuff. You have to start thinking in terms yeah. of, all right, my party does not have this very specific thing covered. Right. So if I'm going to have a monster that exploits that, maybe that's good. Maybe I need that right. because I need to challenge them. I'm, you know what? I just realized I'm kind of used to doing that. You know, with our con game, we played at Gen Con this year. As soon as you guys went down a certain level, you were supposed to have some problems with air. And having to roll and having to figure out how to get around that, you know, that kind of jazz. Mm -hmm. yep. And because it was a con setting in only four hours, I just threw it out. I said, it's just not going to work for where I'm trying to go with this group. Right now, I did make everybody choose players that I picked, and so I didn't have any weird party right. things. But it's <laughs> right. a good example of we've talked in the past. I do these con games, so to me, I I have to tailor things all the time. I, I do it all the time now that I talk yeah. it out loud. Sure. Well, and on the con game, you're kind of controlling everything. You've got all the PCs prearranged. You've got the whole module all figured out, or right. maybe not module, but what you're going to run everybody through. You've got all that figured out. So you. I think your risk, Rich, is if we sat down, because you have two or three thieves for us to choose from. Yeah, if I know. two or three people said, we all want to be thieves, then you'd be kind of hosed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or it would just so, be a really quick four hours. <laughs> what if <laughs> you go to the bar? shelf gaming members who are uh, going to go play in Rich's games next year at Gen Con? Everybody, oh, everybody yeah. pick thieves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if everybody oh, yeah. picks the bards, 
big points. Oh yeah, we could do we could do a high shelf gaming partridge family. There we go. There, you there go. we go. It's done. It's done. It's in stone right now. That's right. That's so right. guys, let's That's hear fantastic. lots of good advice because I'm going to need it. Okay. Right. So yeah. okay. So you are definitely Mike. You are not going through the route of I'm going to tailor my monsters for this adventure. You're picking the the monsters that that well. What do you think? Go back to that. The way I usually plan for a game for a normal for well any game so i pick a, i pick an encounter i'm like say they're going into a dungeon or something i usually want to have two or or three for a four-hour session encounters combat encounters right and so i will just say there's going to be three combat encounters where are these likely to happen provided the players go where i think they're going to go <laughs> Um, because as we talked last time i am open-ended and you're not rich but that's no there's rails in my games yeah so (laughs) you've got um, you've got come on coming and telling people come on (laughs) right so i and i and i tend to structure those fights kind of like a video game if i were to put an analogy to it your first fight is typically easy second fight is a little bit harder and then the third fight is you know, a boss of some sort. So right. it's your, it's your big villain of the, of the session kind of thing. And those can, can be anything from traps to monsters. Sure. Like, uh, puzzles, basically any encounter, any challenging encounter, it can even be skill challenges, not even combat in general. So, but I, I try and tailor that to a, does it fit in the setting where they're at? You know, so I'm picking monsters that fit in the, in the setting, but then it's all about, ability and and how dangerous they are to the party yeah and you know now that we're talking about monsters and dungeons and stuff i'm i'm remembering a thought i had earlier when we were talking about the setup of this this problem is kind of unique to dnd mm-hmm. like yeah like party makeup is is really a big deal in dnd you kind of need to make sure that if your bases aren't covered that the game is restructured for that. Like I remember once Mike, we played a game where everybody was uh was a fighter. Yeah. And it was an all fighters game. This was back in like three five, and it was really tough without any other bases covered. Yeah. We were super lethal as long as the fight ended quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it lasted too long, we were effed. And D D kind of has that going going against it. Now I think with fourth and now fifth, they've done a lot to make it so that each class has some really cool things going on. Yeah. So you could have a bunch of members of the same class, but because they choose different subclasses or different archetypes, different routes, they get different things out of it. Right. You know, like a party of clerics or a party of, you know, a mono party of like one class could be different enough in fifth edition that you could cover a couple of other bases. Right. But this is still kind of a and d problem. Because yeah. if I look at Legend of the Five Rings... If everybody's from the same family or clan in Legends of the Five Rings, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Because then it's all about this one family's troubles and their specific, you know, inter-family issues and all that kind of stuff. Okay, hold on. What are the L5R spellcasters? A Shujunjin? What is it? Shujinja. There you go. But if you had a whole party of crab Shujinjin (laughs) trying to go on an adventure, I don't think that would work. Shugenja. No, Shugenja. no, no. That, that, that's a good point. That's a good point that yeah. like you would still need people who went to I'll different schools D&D. and have that kind of stuff. But they could all be they could all be from one cut of cloth. Yeah. Right. And uh, if I look at uh, what uh, Call of Cthulhu is great. Everybody's a yeah. detective. Oh, yeah. 
there you everybody's go. a detective. Great example. You know, um, and there's a bunch of other systems out there where being everybody's the same or really close to each other is kind of a benefit. And, you know, it's kind of funny, like I mentioned traps a minute ago, and I try not to remove traps that I've had. Like if I've designed a dungeon or whatever and I've got traps in there. Yeah, buddy. I try not to remove them because I want I want the players to feel like things are trapped. Like just because you don't have a thief in your party doesn't get you out out of the challenge Nothing like a ballista right. shooting out from behind a crate <laughs> right. is there dave but no you're absolutely right like a lot of times if i don't have a pc that can cover an angle like traps yeah. i might think ah let's not have them in because that won't be fun right but really yeah barbarian trap detector is just fine yes yeah as long as he uses his left foot <laughs> right yeah right. barbarian check for traps just right. run down the hallway and use that in uncanny dodge. Well, and these days nobody buys ten foot poles. Like yeah. I remember, dude, second edition, everybody, oh, every, everybody had a ten foot pole, and you had backups because the first one got destroyed on the first trap. You know, fifty foot yeah. of rope. Oh yeah, foot pole. Exactly. Yeah, a bunch of rats in cages. You let the rats out, so they go and tr- set off all the pressure plates. All that stuff people don't do anymore. They're just like, oh, I throw the rogue at it. I throw right. the barbarian at it. It's like, oh. Oh, old dungeons were brutal. You couldn't get away with that kind of crap. But still, you're absolutely right in the point of saying, I don't want to remove traps if my players have decided to not have a trap answer. Right. Yeah. There's always an answer. In D&D, one of the the nice things is there's always a a response that you, you as a party can do to handle a problem. It's not always combat. You know, if they say we're going through this hallway extra careful, you know, and we're helping each other look for traps. Well, now you're in fifth edition. Now you're rolling with advantage. Right. So your your guy in the lead now has advantage on his check for traps rolls, which is Man, great. And how do you, you know, like this advantage, still, though? As a DM, how do you like this? I like it. It's it for me. It makes it so that there's less people rolling. Oh, mm. You instead of everyone making a spot check, all I have to know is who's the one keeping eyes out, you know, and is there someone helping them? Right. If they're keeping their eyes out, they get to roll the dice. And if there's somebody helping them, then it can be whoever has the higher check can roll, but and roll with advantage. So for me, it streamlines the whole thing. Very nice. But I'm not a war gamer. Like, I'm not a guy who really gets nitty gritty on the combat anyway so for me it serves my purpose as it just moves things along at a brisker pace we don't have to sit there and deal with everyone rolling whatever skill check right but the folks out there that really like to check what the environmental conditions are and does that give them a plus one or a plus four to a thing and do they have height advantage so they get another plus two they're like adding up those numbers the wargaming side of things can be a lot of fun i kind of like that yeah yeah Yeah. that can be a lot of fun absolutely it's just depends on your crew yeah which which way to go and i think that pathfinder 2e is really friendly to that kind of stuff you know i think that as pathfinder 2e is kind of getting solidified crystallized they're like okay fifth went to this like really abstracted place where it's all advantage or disadvantage and that's how they're going to handle the math we are going to go the other way where it's every little bonus you know every little feat every little thing adds into the deal which makes sense because it's why so many people 
moved from 3.5 to Pathfinder when 4th right. edition came out because they really didn't like 4th edition super simplifying everything into a card game. Right. <laughs> and uh, which I didn't either, to be honest. I mean, it was it was fine in the book, but I just didn't like the way it played because of the cards and stuff. You could play yeah. without it. But people who continue to are big fans of Pathfinder really dug D&D 3.5. And I played a ton of 3.5. In fact, it was the last system that I actually ran D&D games in. And I at the time, I had no problem with it. But the minute I read the book in fifth edition, I was like, oh, Oh, this changes everything. <laughs> right. Well, in in the whole approach to like picking up monsters changed a lot too. Yes. Um, like in three five, it kind of assumed that the party had some items, assumed that the party was was elevating. Yeah. In fifth edition, they assume the party is like naked. They assume the party has basic weapon and yeah. and maybe not even armor when you look at the CRs. For the so challenge like, ratings, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like uh you know, in fifth edition, because those monsters are set up that way, I find at least when I'm putting together an encounter, I have to be thinking, all right, I got to juice these monsters or find harder monsters because my my players have magic items and all that kind of stuff. Right. But if I don't have a lane covered, then it's like, well, I got to get harder monsters in one area, um, but maybe not use this other monsters um, innate invisibility skill because they have right. no way of dealing with it. Yeah. Or darkness, you know, like the monsters that just cast darkness and it's a giant pain in the neck unless you've got some kind of, you know, light spell right. or other answer to it. It's like, uh, this one lowly monster that can cast darkness might TPK everybody. Yeah. Because they have no answer to darkness. Yeah. At all. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's um, similar to three, five at the, the CRs do kind of like they're on a curve. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, which is pretty, I mean, that's, that's been D and D forever is like the higher level you get, the more lethal the monsters get. So as it should be, there's still some monsters. Like I have always sworn up and down that dogs are the most broken and under CR monster in the monster manual. Absolutely. Yeah. Two dogs <laughs> TPK. Yeah. Always, always uh, in every edition I've ever seen. I think even fifth edition, Two dogs still kills a party. Yeah, a basic party, not and even that, like a not even our our problem here with with oddball parties right. where you have to be really careful. Like no no no, like the barbarian can't deal with the two dogs because one dog trips rake, next dog trips rakes the uh, yeah. you know, trips and and gets a uh, gets bites on the sorcerer and eh, the party's brutal. over. Yeah, yeah. While I'm not dealing with a party of like all one class or anything like that, it does take more time to figure out what what can I throw at these guys that's going to be a challenge, but that will be fun. So, Rich, have you never you've never run a game with an off uh, off built party? You know, I have. I what have. Was it? And, and, you know, it was three five and it was garage time. So we were, you know, playing in the garage. And it just was, again, number of players. And okay. what, what I did is I, I made the most experienced guy double up. And so oh. the most experienced player had to take a second character. And it was a character of my build to even the party out. So in that case, it was I didn't deal with them being lopsided. Gotcha. I said, you're lopsided. You need to take this character. And right. said, you have to play that character. Of course, you know. 
not total dictator, but pretty close to that, you know. But <laughs> the, uh, the 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 player in question had a great time. Loved playing two people at one time, yes. so there was not an issue with That's with awesome. that happening. So I I dealt with it a little bit differently, just like uh, you know, listening to the idea of which monsters to pick to go along with. I think I must have solved some of that, and with the traps, I must have solved some of that by having that third that extra character brought to the game mm, that right. someone had to play too. And then I also look at the idea of, Hmm, I wonder if, I wonder how many DMS add their own NPC. Yeah. Cause that's, I added an NPC, but I made someone play it. Right. That's something yeah. that I hate doing. I don't like playing NPCs that are perma attached to the party, but that's yeah. just me. I don't want to keep track of it. I don't want to feel like I'm another player. Right. You know, because then if you get too far down that road, then all the players look at the the DM's character and say, what do you think? And then the DM gives you the should best, push the red button. Yeah, yeah. Gives, gives the answer that I want, not necessarily the answer that, you know, it gets yes. weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a cognitive dissonance that I'm not OK with in my games. So I tend to steer away from it. So the way I have solved this problem in the past, because I have right now I have a three player game um, or sorry, I had a three player game for a long time. Thanks for the invite. Uh, you bet. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I had a three-player game with a monk, a sorcerer, huh? monk and sorcerer again, and a druid. Wow. And the, and the druid really kind of saved my bacon because the druid is such a flexible class, kind of like the, bar, the bard is a very flexible class. Yeah. She could move in a lot of different ways and fill a lot of holes. So I, I was mostly worried about action economy. I was mostly worried about... When I make a fifth level challenge rating fight, I've only got three players versus four or five players. So I need to make it so that I've got fewer tougher monsters, not lots of weaker monsters. Right. And I did give them some items at one point that helped shore up a thing that gave them a bit of an edge so yeah. that some of these harder encounters I gave them, they, they had a way of answering it. I love yeah. to add in magic items that help get people through something. I yeah. definitely do. And then I throw in some red herrings too. You know, oh, sure. I, th I throw in some that I know if they pick are going to complement their class and help with the adventure. And I throw some in that I just go, this will be fucking funny. Yeah. yeah. I do this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Magic items are one of my favorite ways to, to beef up a party in areas that they're lacking in just because it's, it's very easy to find something that's going to help. Yeah. Like, uh, let's say you have a party of monks or a party of fighters and they don't really have a lot of healing amulets of health. Yeah. You know, they got lots of hit points or another amulet that does like a full heal whenever they go below a certain hit point threshold that yep. basically gives them kind of a mini cleric. Yeah. You know, won't solve all their problems, won't be quite as flexible, but right. it will at least give them some in-fight healing. Like yeah. I, I, I really idea. like the, the magic item approach to solving yeah party balance issues at least for the near term you know eventually right. those items aren't they don't scale well so eventually right. you have to do something about that but at least in the first couple of levels mid-level stuff you can get away with a, a couple of magic items yep so okay i gotta ask mike if you could have any odd duck party what would it be we kind of stole my thunder earlier because i've always wanted to do the party of bards yeah yeah Just, no i've got another one i got another one so your party of bards that's your yeah. that's that's where you want to go yep are they like a battle of the band situation or are they like a family? Like what's the, what's the story there? How did all I, those bars get together? I don't know. Like it's one of those, I go back and forth on it. Like um, a traveling troop of bards, you know, gets 
sucked into the town drama somehow or something like that. Or um, the other thing is like bards. I've also kind of considered bards, not just as the classic minstrel type bard, Mm. but as uh, like a battle piper or drummer, like guys that are out there, like they're warriors, but they also play this instrument and they marched into battle with, you know, their armies and stuff playing the drums or playing the bagpipes or whatever. So like the like the Marine band, like they yeah. are they're they're lethal, but they're, they also do this really cool uh, instrumentation. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always uh, that's one of those two always would be fun. One is more uh, could be more traditional, like these guys know their way around weapons. So having them delve into a dungeon is not a problem right right off the bat kind of thing like but just the antics that i could see a party of bards getting into like high charisma oh yeah like oh, that yeah. is that is a super political game right off the bat like if you wanted it to be that'd be great so oh yeah absolutely and and you'd almost want because you have so much charisma you'd really want all the players to have like a lot of personality Yes. And be able to rib on each other and all that kind of stuff just to kind of amp that up like that. To me, that just sounds like such a fun time. Yep. What about you, Rich? If you could do I know you love the bard and I feel like we're all stealing the bard, the bard approach. But what if, he if stole you it could first. have if you could have a, an oddball setup from your players, what would you what would you like to see as a GM? As a I DM? would I would make everybody be my 15th level paladin druids. <laughs> They're all, the, Druid. they're, they're all the same character <laughs> and they're all pacifists <laughs> so a reformed paladin yeah who who yeah. decided to become a druid is that what that is that, that would be it and then nice. and as a pacifist too yeah so and, so maybe they're like casting spike armor on themselves so that whenever the monsters hit them the monster takes damage but then they're healing one another with lay hands and druid healing and a so lot like, of a lot of apologizing <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. And they're all wearing Canadian tuxedos. That's right. And they're all Canadian. It's really crazy. They're I mean, they're really, all saying they're I'm really sorry. Polite. I'm sure they're Canadian. They're, yeah. they're very polite. So I think that would be great. That's fantastic. I think that oh would be a, a super huge. All everyone's the same class. Everyone's yeah. the same character. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. I think I also have a mono party set up. Like my favorite idea here is is a party of clerics that are all of different domains. So they all have different things going on and they're all worshiping different gods and they go around constantly trying to outdo one another for each other, (laughs) for their own God. So, so like they have to be together for whatever reason. And, but whenever they get to a situation, they're always trying to take credit for the solve so that their God gets credit from the town or the bad guy or the good guy or whatever. And like, (laughs) and what's great is if it ever goes wrong, one of the players could just look at the bad guy and go, well, you know, Paylor is the one that did this and like (laughs) get all the hate put onto the, like to me, that would be a whole nother layer of, of like oddball fun to just watch watch a party of clerics kind of vibe in that way, kind That'd of compete be with fantastic. each other in that way. See, yeah. I just totally had this image. You're putting together the Spanish Inquisition in D and D. They were all clerics and they'd like run in, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. What are the competitions? That's right. No one expects us. So it would just kind of roll out that way. Everywhere they ran in. But I like yours better because then they're competing and taking credit and like trying to get the last kill in and oh, you know, yeah. all that. It, 
And what's great is like, at least in the old way, I think I think clerics had to be lawful. Uh, no, 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 no. Paladins no, no. had to be lawful. Pal- pal- okay, so either way, it'd be <clears throat> really nice if they were all still like good or lawful or you know they had some sort of principles holding Ooh, them back a little bit all yeah. passive aggressive so yeah so like one of them finds the treasure and he really wants it for himself so he can donate it to his god but by by his principle or by his order he has to share that so you know to watch watch uh, watch the players kind of figure out ways of yeah. getting at each other while still maintaining alignment would be a lot of fun for me <laughs> That's, that's fantastic. My, that's my approach. That's what I want. <laughs> um, I just can't. I want to play I, in that I, game. Yeah. Totally. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, like, to me, I just, I love the mono class idea. I, I think that's really it. Like, if there's a mono class approach and somebody's got a cool concept around it, I'm yeah. in. I'm yeah. all in. Like, let's do this. Yep. There's something there's something really appealing to that. And I don't know why either. Like under normal circumstances it would it would it seems like it would wave somebody off of it. But Right. Well maybe it's know, just because we've been doing it for so long. Maybe that's it. Maybe kinda <laughs> we're comfortable I, I will, enough. I will say I I ran a Legend of the Five Rings game once where I enforced everybody has to be from the same family. Because I wanted to get into family drama, family politic, right? And there was some grousing. I mean, there was some like pushback of, well, I really want to be from this place, but everybody's kind of gravitating towards this thing. So there is some to do a mono party or, a you know, everybody's from one family in L5R or everybody's of a certain type in Call of Cthulhu. Like you kind of have to get some player buy in and not oh, every yeah. player wants that, you know, yeah. like players love their freedom. And I get that. Yeah. But there is something kind of magical about everybody's a bard or yeah. everybody's a cleric or everybody's Next year's a gen con title join us to start gen con off right as all players are bards yes musical ability is a must in this game <laughs> something along those lines yeah yeah well, yeah i totally yeah. agree like player introverts do not apply <laughs> right yeah but the players have to buy into that stuff i think yeah yeah, yeah. like I, I would just be as as the GM, I would be uncomfortable forcing that on somebody who didn't really want to do that. Right. That, that would be, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, because you're, I mean, that's the thing is that like, it almost feels like a pitch. You have to pitch right. the idea. And if everybody's like, I love this, then you're golden. Then but you're if good, somebody's yeah. like, uh, I'll go along with it because everybody else is like, oh, this is not going to be a good time. Yeah. This is, if there's if there's one person not in love with this idea, scratch it. Yeah. It screams one shot, just like you were saying. Put it together. You get all the you get the bards together. They're For rocking sure. and rolling. I could just even see a yeah. whole storyline of you know. Do they call them like a troubadour troop? Would that be the right kind of thing? A, a troop yeah. of oh, troubadours. Sure, yeah. So you got a troop of troubadours are coming into town. There's an adventure. Maybe they get nailed for it or something bad happened. Maybe they get nailed for it. So they got to get themselves out of hot water. So now they're just yeah. up to their necks in this challenge and. Yeah, dude, there, there's you, some legs here. There's some you, legs here. You, you could almost go the 80s movie route where the local rec center is going to be de- demolished by the local Fucking Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Boom, Mike down. <laughs> We're on a mission from God. That's right. You could totally do that. You could just straight up <laughs> 80s movie. That's our that's our impetus for the Bards is an 80s movie plot. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. What could they say instead of half a tank of gas, full pack of cigarettes, and a six pack of beer? We've got a lame what... mule. There you go. <laughs> a broken sword. And a pouch full of pipe tobacco. Yeah. Yes. Hit it. And that, yeah. that could be the way they start to save the the youth squad for the yeah. men. <laughs> They're on a mission from Paylor. God, you know, imagine riding one like that and seeing how many people it takes them to catch on. How yeah. long during yeah. the adventure oh, did they realize man. they're playing the Blues Brothers? Yes. yes. You know, they're they're performing and people are throwing things at them from behind a fence. And there's all these guards chasing them, just running into yes. each other, getting a guard to pile up. And there's carts and horses and it's just a bedlam. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. I've okay, seen so- this movie before. <laughs> If you joined this podcast for how to balance out your party, there is some nuggets in there somewhere. Right? We got some nuggets to share. I, I think we, we talked about make adults add to their party and make someone play more people. Yep. We said, fuck with the monsters, just take stuff away. Yep. And then perfectly tailor your monster choices. For sure. your party. So let them and, and, dictate what you do next. And, and the magic items. Magic items. And add, magic items. Yeah, add magic items. So yeah, those are the pearls of wisdom. Everything else is, man, as a GM, I'd love it if my players did this. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is honestly what we're all saying behind the screen to ourselves the whole time. Right. Like, please go left. Please go left. Please. Yeah. Ah, fuck, you went right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, 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 just talk to him. Just, uh, don't pull your sword. <laughs> just, just. Talk to him for <laughs> fuck roll initiative. All right. <laughs> Rich had that when we played Witcher. When we played Rich Witcher, Rich had this troll oh. come in and was trying real hard to get us to talk to the troll. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna hide right here. I'm gonna stab him in the back. And he's like, oh god. Dude, Mike, I don't know if you heard this one, but they like totally set up like this poor troll wanted to talk. And they like go, okay, we're gonna hide, we're gonna set up these traps, and we're gonna put down all this kerosene, and we're gonna catch it on fire, and then we're gonna torture it. It was like, wow. So it's pedo when you need it. Along this vein, David and I played in a game that Philip ran, who you guys had on the show a couple episodes ago, I think. Yeah, the Pandemic Cthulhu. Yeah. 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 And and, and he's going to be in our um, Cyberpunk game. When I run Cyberpunk on Friday nights, he's going to be in that game. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, we were in his D&D game, and he had come up with this huge grand like final battle fight oh my god thing. yes and uh we were all super excited but the problem was is we all knew that it was coming yeah at the end of the session like before so we we had what so amounted to like a week I, in fact i want to say it was like two weeks before the session and this is when we were all in college. Yeah. So you oh. got nothing to do all day but but right. work on the, oh, yeah. your character and Marcus and I worked yeah. Marcus and I and David all worked in this in the student union at the time. And so and all during this like the same shifts like we were facilities and night managers and uh, tech. Yeah. So AV tech. And so we had like hours to just kill while an event was going on, you know, late at late at night. So we planned out this whole we were like, okay, here's what's going to happen because we already knew all the layout. We knew exactly how far away everything like we knew the whole room and we had yeah. 
two weeks to analyze it and come up with a plan. Did you guys make like little maps and stuff? No, 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 no. He had already done all that. It was like, it was like, um, thinking, uh, what is it? Uh, Lord of the Rings, the Orukai have shown up and the guy's on top of the rock, you know, shouting out his thing before the battle starts. Yeah. And all the main cast, they're all the way up at the top watching down. And that's when the scene ends. Right. And so let's say fade to black. Two weeks of player plan time. What do we know? The guy is standing on the rock. He's got his army all around him. And we are here. Right. So like that, you know, fade to black. Now we let the players work at it for two freaking weeks. Wow. And we were all super high level, too. I want to say we were all like 18 or 19th level. Oh, yeah. Druid Paladins. I was a monk. I was a straight 18th level monk. Wow. I, I was a barbarian that got turned into a paladin because yes! Paylor showed up and it was like, you are my you are my chosen chosen. One. And so I had way more hit points than I should have. Yeah. Lay hands, rage, paladin stuff like it was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, so like, what did we do? We used all of our classic abilities because we had all full rested ahead of time. Like we were at a full rest. So we just we basically just pulled the rug right out from underneath Philip. And I in the end I felt kind of bad cuz I was like he built this whole fight up and we killed that general in like 10 seconds of combat. Dude, no, it was during the surprise round. Oh, no. Yeah, during right the surprise was. round, because, OK, my, my character's job was the easiest. His job was to march out in front of his own army outside of his keep and do this grand speech to make everybody pay attention. And I did that. I was at this. I was I stood up at the table and I started making my speechify. And Phil was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. This could be an epic fight. David's given the speech. My guy's about to give his speech. So he's like, all right, my guy stands up from his thing and begins to speak. And then it's like, Marcus says, <clears throat> Phil, I cast Dim Door. And Phil's like, wait, what? Yep. And Dim Door's oh, the, the monk and the rogue, which are both 18th level to the general because the yeah. range worked out. That was his action for the turn. He was yeah. done. And then the monk's like, cool, I grapple and incapacitate or whatever. I, I trip him and then I roll my grapple check. Like I successfully yeah. tripped him because I had improved <laughs> yeah. trip. Surprise round, right? So it's all <laughs> surprise round. So I trip him, I grapple him, and I pin him. And in 3-5, if, if somebody's pinned, you get a coup de gras. Oh, no! is standing there and yeah. she just goes cut and is like Slick. fights over <laughs> fights well, over I hate them for you <laughs> I felt at the time I was like that is so awesome yeah. but like now I look back on it like oh man I'm sorry Philip we yeah. up so bad <laughs> It's just you know, like oh, we, I love the whole the, the whole faint. You know, I'm gonna give this grand speech, yeah. and then it's Phil's turn. He's like, "Dude, I'm giving a speech now too, and I'm gonna yeah, make yeah. them listen to me." Yeah, boom, oh, yeah. you're Sorry. dead, chakalaka. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. And I mean, it was we've talked in the past about DM experiences where it's like I've put in all this effort, all yeah. this work, and then the players just do this thing that completely negates the whole fight. Round yeah. one, round two. It's like oh. Yeah. All that planning is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Time you'll never get back. And so here's one of the cool things about what we're this topic today is those oddball parties sometimes lead to that. Yeah. They sometimes leads to 
okay, I had all this stuff worked out and my players are super creative and they have interesting rules and they completely surprised me. Yep. And, you know, now I get to mourn the fact that my, right. <laughs> my planning is gone. Yep. <laughs> and I think that's that's one of my favorite things about these parties for sure is that it's different. It's not the classic party, so it's not going to be the same old D&D game. I think it's a it's kind of a nice change of pace and I've really enjoyed actually this week of putting this session together because I had no idea last last session what I was getting into like I was planning on rolling characters it was supposed to be a session 0 and it ended up being session 1 but this week I was like oh so now I've got now I've got a party like now I can now I know what what to plan for and yeah. it's been kind of fun well, cool, dude. I'm so pumped that we got to talk about this because this is one of those fun topics that like not everybody really covers. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think that Colville has a video on this. I don't think that most other people have have yeah. videos on this. Um, so it's kind of cool to get to talk about what to do when you have an odd duck party. Well, they're all going to because I know they get notifications as you release podcasts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if That's only right. I was a thought leader, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome well mike dude thanks a ton for coming back man oh it's my pleasure thanks for having me guys it was a lot of fun of course course. your 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 medal your your award for the best voice is in the mail uh the next time i get a sicilian pizza i'll be mailing it to you why thank you rich you'll get a nice cardboard mustache (laughs) screaming sicilian (laughs) stop it you're doing stuff to me all right everyone at home thanks for listening As always, have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. Peace out. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you. Am I, is my volume still good with my mic this far away? It wasn't as good. Your dulcet tones are not... How about now? Oh, dude. I just got a heart on. <laughs> <laughs>